Hello and welcome to Pastor Well. I'm Herschel York, Dean of the School of Theology at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. I'm also Senior Pastor of the Buckron Baptist Church in Frankfurt. Pastor Well is dedicated to helping servants of the Lord Jesus Christ be faithful in ministry. Though much of what we say really applies to any Christian, uh, a lot of it is specific and intended for shepherds, for pastors. And this topic is something that I think is essential for pastors, though it's appropriate for everybody. I wanna to talk to you about how to stay positive in ministry. Now, I'm not just talking about the power of positive thinking. I'm talking about the reality of knowing who we are in Christ and that shaping the way we think about life, the way we think about ministry, the way we treat other people. And of course, it starts in your most secret place. That's in your heart. You need to strive to develop a intimate relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ so that in your most secret and private moments, the thing that you want and the thing that you love is to honor Jesus. There really is a lot of turmoil in ministry because in private, men are one thing. Uh, in private, they might indulge in pornography. In private, they may be watching things that they shouldn't watch, doing things they shouldn't do. And so whenever there's a gap between what we believe and how we live, I call that the misery gap. Because when you, when there's a great distance between the hard earth of our behavior and the high sky of our intentions, uh, that's filled with misery. That inconsistency just, it breeds discontentment, grief, anger, bitterness, sorrow. We're unhappy with ourselves. We're often blaming God because he's let, letting us do things that we know are wrong and we act like somehow he should stop us and we, we resent people. You've got to make sure that in your most secret life that you're honoring the Lord. But the reality is what you are in secret is what you are. And so in your most private life, you really need to just love the Lord Jesus Christ. Let your first moments of the day be spent in praise and prayer, get in the word, uh, have a, a, just a conversation of love with the Lord Jesus Christ. I get up very early in the morning. I get up well before my wife does. And those moments are just absolutely precious. And I have that time with the Lord. And then when she wakes up, uh, I have that time with her. We, I try and make the first moments of my day happy and joyful with the Lord Jesus and happy and joyful with Tanya. It just sets the tone and the mood for the entire day. And uh, when you do that in secret, when you're not secretly hiding sin, you're, you're not tolerating these discrepancies of life. Instead, you're, you're trying to consistently honor him. It just makes you more joyful. You're gonna have sorrow and grief. There are a lot of things in your life you have no control over. And you will learn that waves of sorrow and joy will simultaneously wash over you. And frequently you have absolutely no control of their duration or their intensity. 
So you've got to control what you can control, and that's your time, your heart, your thoughts, your behavior. You can control those things. You can't control the world around you, but you can control whether or not you're looking at pornography. You can control how you speak to your wife and your children. You can control whether or not you are in the Word of God, and you've got to take control of those things and when the other things beyond your control happen, there's still a peace and a joy in it because what's in the center holds. Uh, you've got to have that devotional life, that personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. The other thing doesn't sound particularly spiritual, but I think it's a real important part of, of maintaining joy in your life, and that is you do need to have some kind of an outside interest, something that is not necessarily the most spiritual thing in the world, but it, it's, it's a hobby, it's a joy, it's something you think about. John Stott was a hero of mine, and John Stott was a famous bird watcher. He was into bird watching, he went all over the world just to hear and to see a particular bird and to hear its call, and that was his thing. It's not my thing, but I've got certain things that I do. I, I enjoy travel, I enjoy uh, languages. I, they're just things I, I love reading. And I know this sounds weird, but I could tell you more about Greek vases than you ever want to know. I've got an obsession with Herod the Great. I've got just about every book on Herod that has ever been written that I know of. And these are things that really, it's nothing spiritual about Greek vases. And yet it's just a little niche that I like filling up. It just, it's a hobby. I, I don't, say it's mindless, it, it takes my mind, but you need something like that. Maybe it's hunting, fishing. There are a lot of wonderful things that you can do. They're, they're just good uh, avocations, things that you do uh, to interest yourself. And I think that gives you a break from the heaviness of ministry. It helps you maintain joy. I think you need to cultivate gratitude in your life. I used to call myself God's spoiled brat. And I, I do believe I'm the most blessed man you'll ever meet. I, I cannot imagine anybody's life being more blessed than mine. But I quit calling myself a brat because it occurred to me that brats just aren't very grateful. I'm not a brat. I am God's spoiled child. I'm grateful though. I'm very, very grateful. Every day I just thank God. I, I, I cannot believe the way God has so superintended my life. Even the things that I thought were, were disappointments turned out to be absolutely the grace of God. I learned a long time ago, my heavenly father will deny me no good thing. I mean, Romans 8, 28 is true. And if all things in my life work together for good, because I am called of God, I do love him, Therefore, I know that he's working everything in my life for the ultimate purpose of conforming me to the image of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. I can rest in that. So that even in grief and sorrow, it doesn't mean I'm joyful about the thing, but there's a joy beneath it and above it that I can rest in God's providence and his care for me because I'm grateful that he has shown himself faithful and when you hurt so badly that it's hard to have a grateful spirit, look to the cross. The cross is God's incontrovertible evidence that he's good to you. 
that he loves you, that he has provided for you. And even in your sorrow, your grief, your overwhelming pain, the cross bears witness of God's goodness. And you can be grateful that the sufferings of this present world are not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. And you can rest in that. And you really need to be content. The late Jim Elliott wrote in his journal, wherever you are, be all there. That is great advice. It's easy for you to be thinking about, boy, if I had that church, if I could pastor a church like that, boy, if I could go where they have a staff that big, if I could go where they paid more money, whatever, it's easy for us to lust after things God has not given us, to covet. But God puts you where you are. Peter wrote to his fellow elders to shepherd the flock of God that is among you. Don't shepherd someone else's flock. Don't shepherd the flock you might get, you hope to get. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, the one God has given you, and be all there. What can you do there? Don't, don't think about what it used to be somewhere else or what it, you wish it were. Be all there. And don't compare yourself to others. I don't need to be anybody else. Man, I teach at Southern Seminary with what I consider to be the greatest evangelical faculty in the history of evangelical education. I sometimes feel like Scooby-Doo at the Westminster Kennel Club. Like, how did I get in here? I don't fit with these guys. But I don't have to be Al Mohler. I don't have to be Tom Schreiner. I don't have to be any of these giants of the evangelical academic world. I just have to be Herschel York. And you know, I never forget, I'm a boy from Julian, Kentucky. And man, you probably don't even know where Julian is. It's just a crossroads. Literally, when I grew up there, there was a sign that said population 18. And I'm amazed that God's used me at all. Uh, I deserve hell. Anything, uh, anything other than hell is God's grace. And I, I don't have to be anybody else. I don't want to compare myself. Paul wrote to the Corinthians that they comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. And if you are comparing yourself to others and what they can do and how talented they are, and what car they drive and anything, it just, it's going to make you discontented. God has given you everything you need for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who's called you to glory and virtue. And through these exceeding great and precious promises, you can escape the corruption that's in the world through lust. He can give you all that you need to serve him where you are. And when you just say, Lord, you've been so gracious to save me, to call me into ministry, you didn't have to use me at all. You've been gracious to allow me the circumstances of my life that have driven me to Christ. And you've used these things to conform me more to him. I, I I'm grateful to you, Lord. Please give me a spirit of joy and contentment so that the people around me see in me a, a delight in the things of the Lord, a delight in my relationship with Jesus Christ. And that way I'm preaching and ministering, not out of books, not out of education and effort. All those things matter. But I want to minister out of the overflow of my relationship with Jesus Christ. And when I do that, I'll pastor well.